Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. That uh, Jesus said that, that if you love your father and your mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. And if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. So our love definitely has to go further than our immediate family. Uh, now let's go into the last one. It's not, of course, the only thing, uh, but it's the last one we're going to talk about uh, today. And uh, let's look in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 23. Let's go there. It says in verse 23, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect, perfected, completed, teleosis. Teleosis, teleosis is the Greek word, teleosis. Uh, is bringing something to completion. They may be perfected or completed in unity. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Now, it tells us there that with Jesus being in us and with the Father being in Jesus, that we're supposed to be in unity. That's what it says. And that the world would know that. It says, so that. See, we need to be in unity so that the world may know that the Father sent Jesus and loved us even as he has loved Jesus. Now, that's, that's an awesome kind of love when God loves us like he loved Jesus. And so he says that, that it's supposed to be that way because of the fact that we're in unity. Let's go to another scripture. Let's go to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4 is a, is, a, is a good scripture. And that scripture tells us that we need to, really it talks about the fourth principle that I'm going to talk about today. What can prevent God from blessing us like he, he wants to be? In, in chapter 4, verse 3, it says, Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I believe he, he's saying to us that that's one thing that can prevent him from blessing us the way he wants to if we're not keeping, if we're not being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Because we're supposed to keep that because he's in us and we're in him. We're supposed to be in perfect unity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so uh, God, and you know the scriptures, uh, I'm going to put some on the back of your bulletin, is that uh, everybody probably know the one uh, that, that talks about unity. The, the classic scripture that talks about unity. How 
good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And so it's all the way through the Bible about unity with God now, with God. That's, that's the most important thing. And in, in, in chapter 4, and we talk through Ephesians verse by verse, and so you know what we're talking about here. He's saying that we need to be in unity. If we look at verse 15 of Ephesians 4, it says, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, we are being held together and fitted by what every joint supplies, and it's according to the proper working of each individual part. So we can't, uh, in, in, in the picture, of course, he's given us is a picture of our, our, our body, our physical body. We know that it's, it's fitly joined together, and we know that each joint is supplying something because the blood flows through every part of the body, and every part of the body must be a conduit for the blood and the nutrients to flow through every part. And it says here that, that it's according to the proper working of each individual part. So every individual part of our physical body must work together to accomplish the, the, the purpose of which God wants us to, to uh, accomplish. It says that it causes the growth. It causes the growth. So when we work together, it causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. And so when we don't work together, we can't be built up and we can't be uh, built up into Christ, really, because that's in the earlier part is that we're supposed to be uh, built up into Jesus Christ. And so unity is very important. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's go there. In verse 10, it tells us here that now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. God wants unity. That's what he wants. And so I'm excited about the message today, because this message actually was a message for the first Sunday of this month, but we weren't in service because of the the, uh, the ice and stuff like that, so we didn't have service. Uh, but uh, I didn't do it last week because I wasn't supposed to do it last week. I was supposed to do another one last week, which I did, and then I came back to this one this week. I'm excited because... It's an opportunity that God has given us to walk out this scripture. You can't walk it out unless you have something to walk it out, you know, uh, to do. And he's given us something to do. And, and I tell you, it, it, it's, really, it's really interesting. Now, you know that just a little background of, of, of uh, churches, 
you know that there are a lot of churches in every city that started in the 1800s, 1900s, whatever they started. And they are big churches, uh, like in Lynchburg, downtown area. And now they don't have many members, and some of them, are, of course, closed. And they don't have young people. They don't have young people because everybody has grown older. They've grown older. And sometime, and sometime in the process, of, of, of people tend to don't want to change. You know, they want to sit in the same spot they always sit in, the same uh, pew seat, the same chair, and they don't want anybody else sitting in, in, in their chair, and they don't like change. They don't like a lot of young people coming into church uh, uh, with problems because people bring problems. I don't care whether young, old, they're going to bring problems uh, because all of us have problems. Would you agree with that? All of us have problems. Uh, so uh, you can't get rid of problems. Uh, but sometimes you you try to do that. And I was talking to one lady, and this lady said, uh, our church is going through a process of change. I said, oh, yeah? She said, yeah. She said, we got this big church, and everybody's old. Uh, I mean, we weren't old at one time, but we're old now. And, and uh, we don't have enough money to even fix up the building because as you get older of course you stop working because you retire and once you retire you don't have enough uh, as much money as you used to have to give so uh, you, you kind of uh, so, so she said it was just terrible uh, we didn't have not, no kids no young people and then uh, our pastor was going to uh, of course retire and he met this other pastor that had a young church. And this young church, they had all these babies, all these young people. They ain't having old people. And they wanted to join with our church. And, and our pastor said, yes, let's join with you. And you take over our building because we can't fix it anyway. They needed a building because they rented a place. And... They needed older people also because, it, you know, you need, you need the elderly, you need the young, you need all ages in the church. And so uh, she said, but it's so, many, it's so many young people. They're all over the place. These children are all over the place. You know, I said, I said that's good. That's good because just think, what's going to happen if you don't do it? Well, we all gonna gonna get so old, and we all gonna not be able to come to church because we're gonna be probably in a nursing home somewhere, and then the church gonna be non-existent. Well, don't you know that's that's what has happened to a lot of churches? That, that's what's happened. And so, so I said, well, God, our church is getting older. Now, when I say older, I don't mean that 
all of you here are old. And you notice I didn't include myself. Uh, <laughs> have a lot of people who are in their early 40s, 50s, 60s, somewhere like that. Okay. Um, and we don't have a lot of people in their 20s. We have some. You know, we have some, you know, the college students here, they're in their uh, teens and 20s, 19, 20, 21, 22. And like that, and we have some college students, of course, that are older, uh, because they are in grad school and things like that. But uh, 20 years from now, the 40-year-old is going to be 60. That's a that's a sad situation, isn't it? And the 60 is going to be how old? 80. The 71 is going to be what? 90, yeah. And so, since I'm 70, I said, ooh, that's not good. That's not good. And so, uh, you want a church where a lot of children are running around. You want that. Getting into everything, you know. Uh, and, and, and teenagers running around, you know. Uh, you, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great sound when you have teenagers, when you have children running around. That's a great thing. And, of course, our, some of our uh, uh, young people are in the process of getting married. Some of them are married, and so uh, they don't have any children yet, but they have some children. Uh, so uh, we have some on the way. We have some on the way. Uh, but we want more. Is that correct? So I said, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to wait? Or are we going to do something? But I have no clue what to do. So, except what we've been doing. You know, passing out flyers and, and having uh, vacation Bible schools and, and having these things and, you know, trying to get people from the neighborhood to come and all these things like that. I don't know anything else to do. Ask people to invite people, you know, have a... Um, a Valentine thing, help people, invite people and all those kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know anything else to do. So, one morning, I wasn't thinking about this, but one morning, the word came to me, stratagem. Stratagem, not strategy, stratagem. And, and so, I said, stratagem? I knew exactly what it was because I taught on Ephesians uh, in chapter 6, I taught where, uh, uh, you know, Satan has these uh, methodia, which is methods and, and strategies against us. And he, he has these stratagems against us. And a stratagem is a, is a, uh, it's a, it's a deceptive plan to try to deceive in times of war in order to get the victory over a person. So that's what a strategy is. And so uh, with that word came everything that w- was 
what he wanted me to do. And I had never heard it before, didn't think of it before. And so uh, I said, oh, okay. Well, what came with that stratagem was that now the church, you're not going to have stratagem. It's not going to be a deceptive plan, but you're going to have a strategy. Now, this is what I want you to do. And he said, what's the, what, what's the age of your congregation? Okay, they'll, you know, 40s, have some 30s, yeah, 50s, 60s. He said, well, you know, I'm going to start having children. Yeah, the 40s, they're going to have some children. Probably the 50s not. Probably the 60s not. More than likely the 70s or not. <laughs> what you think, Jim? More than likely the 70s or not. I know I'm not, yeah. Uh, try, try, try if you want to, but you're not, okay? Uh, so, so, okay. He says, use what you have. What do you have? And, well, I thought about it. He says, use what you have. What do we have? We have a lot of people in our congregation, a lot of people now who are grandchildren, who are grandparents, a lot. Now, how many of you have grandchildren? Raise your hand for me. Okay, you see what I'm saying? We got, we got a lot of people who got grandchildren. He says that this is a strategy I want you to use. I want you to let the let the congregation know that together in unity we're going to have a strategy against the enemy. Because let's go to First Timothy. Let me, let me show you something. First Timothy, chapter two, verse one. In First Timothy, chapter two, verse one, he says, first of all, then I urge you that entreaties, prayers, petitions, and and thanksgiving be made for on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a, a tranquil and a quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of, of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. He desires all men to be saved. So he said, look, your strategy is that you let the congregation know that those grandparents, a lot of grandparents in here are praying for your children. That's what, that's what, that's what it says. A lot of them are praying for their children. That's what they're doing. To come to the knowledge of the truth, to the fullness of what I have for them, the plan I have for them to walk in the things that that you brought them up in earlier in life, but they strayed away from it. They're praying for them. Let them know that this is a strategy we're going to have. Is that we're not going? We are not going after the children. I want you to go after the grandchildren. 
I said, but, but that's, that's kind of odd because the, 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 the children are the ones who really, you know, you want your children to be on fire for God, you know. Yes, that's true. But how many of you know that your children, sometimes they are set in their ways because, see, they are in their 20s, 30s. So you're not going to be able to tell them what to do like you did when they were younger. You're not going to be able to just say, hey, you're going to church. No. No, you can suggest it. You can try to hint around it. But they're going to do what they want to because they're grown. But he says, the grandchildren, we're going after them. Because, see, I'm a generational God. I want all to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And so what Satan wants, he's a generational spirit. He wants every single generation to be lost. That's what he wants. Every single generation. He's after the grandchildren, yes. He's after the children, yes. Now, what he wants to do is to keep the children out of church, out of fellowship with the Lord, out of uh, pressing into the Lord, and those grandchildren, which are, which are their children, are going to learn by what they see. And so they're not going to be going to church. They're not going to be pressing into God. They don't hear anything about God. And so they're going to grow up and be just like their parents. Unless you do something. I said, oh, okay. Now, in a roundabout way, that's why it's a strategy. In a roundabout way, we are going after the children also in a roundabout way. Because what we want is that the grandchildren to be excited about Jesus. And when they get excited about Jesus, they're going to be at home talking about what they learn in children's church, in nursery. They're going to be saying things about Jesus. They're going to be asking their parents to take them to church. And people love their children. And so we can get to the, the children through the grandchildren. And even though the enemy has a plan to get that whole next generation lost, it's not going to happen because we're going after the grandchildren to get to the children. And let me tell you something. God does not borrow your boat and leave you with just a boat. And you know the story where Jesus wanted to get away from the crowd, he asked Peter, who they had been fishing all night, caught nothing. Hey, can I uh, use your boat? I'm going to get in your boat. And so he got in the boat and launched out just a little bit uh, from the shore so he could get away from the people. And then he talked to people. When he was finished with Peter's boat, he said, okay, Peter, thank you so much. You're so nice. I really appreciate it. Here's your boat back. Did he do that? Only? No. What did he do? Peter... Had a need, didn't he? What did he have a need of? Fish. He's a fisherman. And so he said, okay, lunch out. And Peter didn't want to do it. He'd already been out there all night, but he did it anyway. And 
they caught such a, such a catch that had to send for the other boat. I'm, I'm telling you, God does not use your boat without blessing you at your need. They didn't need another boat. They needed fish, what they didn't have. We need our children saved, our grandchildren saved, our great-grandchildren saved. We need generation after generation after generation, not only saved, but I mean on fire for God. That's what we want. That's what we want. I said, well, that's good, but God, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. He said, yes, it is. He said, that's why it's going to take the whole body of Christ working together. Why would it take our singles who are not yet married or our young people who are married, don't have any grandchildren, what does that have to do with them? Well, it has a lot to do with them because we're in this thing together. Because you remember our love is supposed to go around. It's supposed to reach further than just our immediate family. And so our love is supposed to reach throughout the whole church. When, 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 when somebody is hurting, when someone is hurting, that means that we're all supposed to be hurting. Isn't that right? Because try hitting your toe with a hammer. I mean, just, just bust it up. I mean, just hit it and see whether your finger and your mind, your eyes, your ears, and see don't everything hurt. I guarantee you, you'll start crying. Everything will hurt because it's part of your body. You see? Even though it didn't affect other parts, it affects the whole part because we were all connected to one another. Well, do you realize how hard it is, and you don't, you don't as a uh, single, as people without children yet, you know, you don't, you don't have a clue how hard it is. Come on, Aaron. You don't know how hard it is because you don't have children yet who have children. You're not a grandparent. But a grandparent, they are now in their 50s probably, and to go get a grandchild, Come on now. That don't sleep through the night necessarily. They go get a grandchild and maybe have to keep that grandchild overnight because if you try to get them, come on now, I'm telling you, if you try to get them during, the, during that morning just for, you know, I'm going to save myself a little, a, just a little effort here, I'll go pick them up in the morning. But guess what? Their parents are sleeping. Because they don't go to church. You hear what I'm saying? Their parents, you know, you think the parents are going to get up, comb their hair, and do all this type of thing, feed them everything, say, your grandmama and granddad, they come and pick you up and take you to church. You know, they're going to be asleep. Sleep. So sometimes you have to get them when? At night. On Saturday night. Do you know how hard that is? They get them at night. And, that, and they might keep you up. And, and little, little ones, they're running all over the place. They don't want to go to sleep because they're at grandparents' house. You know, they're, they're, they're in a new, new surrounding, man. They, they're just all over the place, all over the place. 
they'll wear you out. You say, how you know? You don't have children. You don't have grandchildren. No, but I see it. I see it. You know, I was with John Abbasur, uh yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, sir, Friday. And he had his little uh, grandson with him. That little dude all over the place. When he used to, when John would come over here to bring his mother from Chile to meet him and everything, and brought his daughter over here with her children, who, who was his grandchildren. Man, those little boys, they run they run every which way. Every which way. No, no, no English. They just running. Talking Spanish, you know? And I'm telling you, if you are a grandparent, you know what I mean. You don't mind, you don't mind getting them every now and then, you know, to love them a little bit, you know? And then, okay, okay, let's go back home. I mean, I'm serious. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got grandchildren. You know what I'm talking about. Don't you, Laura? You know what I'm talking about. So it's going to take all of us praying, praying for these grandparents in order to give give them the stamina, you know, the encouragement. And you say, well, What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that if God gave us something to do, we ought to do it. Because, see, I had never thought about that. I wouldn't have never thought about that. Never thought about that. That this is a a strategy we're going to have. We're going to get the, the children. Because, see, I keep praying for... Like Philip and Amanda, and that's why I, I, I still know Philip's, you know Amanda's name because I pray for him, and, and see, because you care, whether you know or care about him. But see, the strategy, you can try to get Philip all you want to. You tried, haven't you? Philip ain't going nowhere. Yes, he wanted. He ain't going nowhere. But now you get those grandchildren. No grandchildren. They, they they love grandpa and grand grandma because they gonna they gonna love on them and give them stuff the parents don't give them. They they love that. They love that. But that is a strategy. And if 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 Philip's children come enough and they start wanting to. Talk about Jesus. Do you realize that Philip gonna get tired of hearing about Jesus? You know, you, they get ready to eat, and 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 they say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, we gotta pray." Because you know that most people don't pray uh, when they eat if they not they're not in the Lord. So I'm telling you, but it's gonna take a lot, a lot, a lot of prayer. It'll take a lot of energy. But see, I don't know whether we're up for what God wants us to do. I don't even know whether, you know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty, pretty sure that the grandparents don't want to do this. I'm pretty sure. Because it's hard. It's hard. 
because you can't do it every now and then. You've got to do it on a regular basis. And if you're doing it on a regular basis, it's going to make a difference. Now, again, do you think God is asking us to do something and then we do it, we make all these efforts to sacrifice our time praying because you're going to have every last one that's going to have to increase their prayer life because you're, you're going to have to get names and we'll get names of, of the, 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 the children, the grandchildren, and, and the grandparents in this congregation, and you're going to have to start lifting them up. It's going to take effort. It's going to take some sacrifice. Do you think God is going to, going to have us do that and then doesn't bless us? Oh, he's going to bless us. He's going to bless. Who, who's going to make the most effort? The grandparents. And so if he blesses his grandparents, what do grandparents want most of all? Grandparents, what do you want? Grandparents, what do you want? You want, your, you, you want your children to be on fire for God. You want your grandchildren to be on fire for God. And if your children are on fire for God, your grandchildren your grandparents, your grandchildren are going to be on fire for God because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be brought up in house like that. Now, I'm telling you that it's a strategy that I never heard from the Lord, never heard from anybody else either. And I get plenty of mail about reaching out and, how to do outreaches and all that kind of stuff, uh, but never heard anything like that. And I said, oh, God, I'm going to let the congregation know, but I know right now it's going to be hard. But what is easy that's worth really something in the kingdom of God? I don't know anything that's easy. He's saying, and if you don't love father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you, if, you know, I mean, if you love your father and mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son and daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you don't pick up, pick up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. I, I believe that, that, that salvation is not something that is so, oh, this is so easy. All I had to do is say some words and, and repeat after somebody, and you enter heaven, and you are set for, for eternity. Or well, you can believe that if you want to. But I don't believe that's true. I believe that anything that God does is, is worth something. And what's worth something is going to be something that's going to be a price. If Jesus paid a, a price, a high price, if God paid a high price, then of course we're going to have to pay a high price also. Okay? Now, what do you think? Do you think this is worthy of our time and effort? to try to, uh, to help the people in this congregation. You say, well, well no, see, I think your ultimate goal is to grow Cornerstone. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get children in Cornerstone? Yes. But whose church is it? God. Right? Do you want Cornerstone to be a church that everybody has gotten 70, 80, 90 years old, you know, because some people are not going to make it 20 more years, right? Because there'll be 100, and most people don't make it to 100. Now, some people are. Ms. Joyce says she's going to be 100 dancing. And so, you know, uh, so some people will. Uh, but but Ms. Harlow is 86. And so I'm telling you, I believe that... Uh, 
we are doing something for cornerstone of future. And it's an it's, it's a unloving thing not to think of the future that God has given us and put out in our hands when he has birthed Cornerstone back in the 70s. And, and uh, we've had, I guess, four uh, pastors now, three or four. And, and I've been here 20 years, so I know he hasn't given us something just to drop. And I said, well, hey, I'll be ret- I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire in five years. Somebody else can take it if they want it, if it lasts that long. But I'm out of here. What kind of love is that? You know, that's no love. You want to be thinking about God's kingdom. That's what you want to be thinking about. And so that's what I want to think about. And so that's the strategy that we're going to have. And I don't know whether you, how hard would it be, Lord, for you, for you to do something like that? Because probably Philip lives probably in Amherst somewhere. Where do you live? So that's, that's kind, of, kind of a distance, isn't it? Yeah. How hard would it be, really, for you to do something like that? How many, how many kids does Philip have? Two or three? Three? Two? How, how, how old are they? Seven and six? We'll be six, okay. How hard would that be? Would that be something you, Lord, Lord, Lord he can't sit still because he's excited about, yes, let's get him. Let's get him every weekend. You know Lord's not like that. Right? Yeah. It'll be hard to do, wouldn't it? Be a big sacrifice. Well, you'll probably have to get them the night before because if you go that morning, it's a chance off they probably won't be ready. And so that means that they might keep you up later than you used to being up. So, right? But is it worth it if the end result is what God put on my heart is that we're going to get Philip saved. We're going to get Amanda saved. But we're going at it a different way. Okay. So, and, and that's, the, that's the other people in this congregation too. That's the, every, every, every single grandparent in this congregation. So, I said, okay, we're going to do this thing. Are the, are, the, are the young people in for this, singles? Are you in for increasing your, your prayer life? Like, like uh, Julie, you don't have grandchildren. You just have a child. But... Uh, uh, are you up to increasing your prayer life to kind of help the grandchildren? Because, you know, the, the riches and they got grandchildren. You know, we got a lot of people with grandchildren. Are you up for kind of increasing it to bless them? Yeah, sure they are. We're going to do this thing. We're going to do it together. And I'm excited about it myself. That's what God gave me for the first Sunday of this month that I had to wait to um, to see. Uh, tell you about it, because I, 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 I've been, I, I got it, uh, I think it was a month before last or something, and I waited a while before I told the elders, and then I told them about it, I think at the last elders meeting, which was last month, and so uh, I've been just waiting and praying that it's received by the body, because I want, I want our congregation to be blessed. It will give me no greater joy than to see the sight that I, that, that that must have been uh, uh, 
scene when Peter and them went out and they had to call for the other people, another boat, to get all this haul in of fish when they had been fishing all night and caught nothing. It was just a miracle of God. And, and to me, it's no greater thing to see these grandchildren come to the Lord, these children of you, of yours, be so excited about Jesus Christ, it can't, it can't be contained. I tell you, it would be no greater joy. What can you give for something like that? It, you, money won't do it. I mean, it, you, can't, you, you, can't, you can't pay for salvation. You see? So I don't have grandchildren yet, but they're on the way. Um, by faith, they don't way. And, and uh, I want people to, you know, be excited about this thing. And I'm excited about it uh, because I know that it's going to be a blessing to this body and to the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.